before I, uh, before we travel to Burundi, I preach a message on grace. Who was here? Today I'm going to do a follow-up on the implications of that grace. But before we get there, we just sang a song, and I just want to give you a bit of light, because we sing songs most of the time, and we do not understand the responsibility that lies on the song. We just sang, all the earth will shout your praise. And we're excited because all the earth will shout his praise. But you know that this song involves responsibility. Amen? The earth will not sing his praise unless the sons of God makes the earth or make the earth sing. I will give you scripture. In the book of Romans chapter number 8, you read from verse 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealings of the sons of God. For creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected in hope, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So you need to understand that creation is under bondage. Hallelujah. It's only when they are delivered that they are able to sing the praise. But that will not happen unless we migrate from a bondage and a slavery mentality into the sonship. People that didn't know God when we were in Burundi were praising God because they were seeing God. They won't praise God because they want to praise him. They praise him only when they see his manifestation. And we are singing as church, all the earth will shout your praise. We are putting ourselves into motion and position that we will be instrumental in the fulfillment of his prophecy. You can sing that all your life and this will not come to pass unless you step. So while the church was singing, the Holy Ghost told me, listen to what we are singing. He said, that's the problem with the church. We are rejoicing over things that we should do, but we fail to do. All the earth. We owe a debt to this generation. And somebody must pay it. And some of us have decided we will pay that debt. And I pray that you may decide that also too. That under your influence, creation will praise God. They will see you and praise God. People didn't praise God until they saw Jesus manifesting the glory. And they say they all gave glory to God. People don't give glory to God because they are human beings. No, they give glory to God because they see God. So that's the implication of this song. I'm praying that you may make your neighbors 
sing the praise of the Lord. I'm praying that we make your children sing the praise of the Lord. I'm praying that you may make your school sing the praise of the Lord. I pray that you may make your husband or wife sing the praise of the Lord. I pray that you may make your friend sing the praise of the Lord. If we are corrupted, they will not sing the praise of the Lord. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Are people seeing the glory of God in me? And it's not something that I should do. It's a position I should take. When I understand positioning, things start to happen. I don't know how a miracle takes place. I just position myself and declare it, and it takes place. I don't know the process. I don't know what happened between the time I've spoken and what happened to that guy. I don't know. But I know one thing. I need to position myself. Yes. And when I take that position and confidently so, God backs his word. But I would say, they went around proclaiming the gospel and the Lord worked with them. God will not work if he, had no, if he has no one to work with. I want to say it again. God will not work if he has no one to work with. Amen. Do you hear me here? He will not work if he has no one to work with. He needs you. He needs you to position yourself in faith. He's not in, in, in need of a preacher. He's in need of somebody that is available and willing. And that you and everybody sitting here can fulfill that mission. I'm not saying everybody's going to stay the stage and preach to 100,000 people. No, 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 that's not the purpose. I'm talking about your daily life. The influence that you should have in your daily life. That's what I'm talking about. Don't misunderstand me to think I'm calling you into full-time ministry because that would be mystical. So everybody thinks you must go to full-time ministry because they think only there you can make an impact. Impact has not, are not made only in full-time ministry. They are made in a daily life. I hope somebody understands what I'm saying. It's a daily life. So uh, that's where that I'm going to the implication of faith, of, of grace. Let's go to Romans chapter number 12. Are you here with me? Mm, I want to read Romans chapter number 12. Actually, it's the whole chapter 12. But I don't think time permits me to go and read the whole chapter. But I'm going to read the first two verses. Romans chapter number 12, and then I'm going to dive into the whole chapter, if God permits. He said, I beseech you. Somebody say, beseech you. I beg you. I plead with you. Hallelujah. I beseech you, brethren. Therefore, sorry, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. 
by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world or the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Now, the book of Romans, if you start the book of Romans, Paul, the apostle Paul was dealing with the issue of salvation. Bringing salvation in perspective because... He was talking to the Romans and telling them that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ. He established a foundation of salvation that you don't acquire salvation by your own deeds but you acquire it by your faith in Christ Jesus. That's why he said it's not your doing so that no one should boast. It's the grace of the Lord. You are not saved because you are good. You are saved because you believed. You are saved because you believe. It's by grace. Now, now, we come to chapter number 12, and it's like the apostle is making a conclusion of his argument. Let's go to verse 1. You will see. I beseech you, therefore, Therefore means, I have said things. And because of what I have said, therefore. Amen? Is that good English? Okay. He said, therefore, because of what I have said to you, because I have told you that you are saved by grace, because it's a gift of God, therefore, this must be your response to grace. So chapter number 12 is dealing with a response to grace. When you understand, those who really understand grace will understand chapter number 12. It's a therefore, brethren. Now, this translation fails short. The original translation does not say, therefore, brethren, by the mercies. It says, because of the mercy. Because of the mercy of God, I beseech you. So because of his grace and because of his mercy for you, I beseech you now to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Oh, it's because of a grace and what God has done in your life. You need to respond this way. So, 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 so grace is not without accountability. So because I've received the grace, this is my response. He said, offer or present, my God, present. A sacrifice is presented 
Hallelujah. I say a sacrifice is presented. The sacrifice is presented on the altar. Hallelujah. Uh, on the altar is a place where we present. Yeah, my God. It's not the place where we offer. It's the place where we present. We offer in our heart and we present on the altar. Ah. So you can present your offering and God can reject it because you didn't offer it. Have you read the story of Cain and Abel? Uh, the two of them presented offering and God rejected the one of Cain uh, because his presentation was not consistent with the motivation of his heart. He said, I beseech you to present your body a living sacrifice. Acceptable. Now, now, what got me is this. That not only the Lord is teaching us that there is a dimension in life where you are a sacrifice. But also you are also a priest. My God, help me. When the priest becomes the sacrifice. Because the priest offers sacrifices. Hallelujah. Jesus, the book, the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus entered the holies of holies not with the blood of bulls, but his own blood. But also the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. So the priest became the sacrifice. My God. Somebody don't get me. You enter the holies of holies and you present. The priest is presenting himself. Instead of presenting something else, he's himself a sacrifice, but also he's a priest. Oh my God. Help me, Lord. So, God is telling us the church is not just priests, the church is sacrifice. Oh, you, you, oh my God, you hold your own sacrifice, but you, but you have a sacrifice. You, you bring your offering, but you have a real offering. So, so, so the money you put here is just a presentation of who you are. But the real offering is you. It, mean, it means, it means that, 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 that what you put there is the representation of who you are. How cheap are you? So, so people don't understand the dimension of a church being the sacrifice. We understand grace, but we don't understand the response to grace. Because of his mercy. He said, present yourself as a living. It means there is a difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice. Now, a dead sacrifice as a, a, a time connected to the action. Meaning, by the time you put it on the altar and it burns, it's finished. A living sacrifice means you carry on. It means that God is not requiring the sacrifice to die. 
is requiring the sacrifice to live on. So that the sacrifice may be permanent. It's not something that you repeat yearly. It's something that you live on. So he said, present. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. And he said, that your true act of worship. Worship. That the true, so there is a true act of worship and there is a false act of worship. The false act of worship is what we taught the church. Because the first act of worship is connected to time. The first act of worship is 40 minutes singing. Somebody help me. The first act of worship is playing the music. I'm not saying the music is false. I'm always playing. We haven't taught the church that this that happened here should be your life. We taught them that it happened on Sunday between 9 and 11. Therefore, when they exert this thing, they don't realize that it's a continuous life. And, and, and they clamp themselves into emotion when they come to this worship. Where they can cry, they can bow down, they can proskuneo, they can, they can sing. But when they go out, that time is finished. It's a false act. Of worship. Because true act of worship presents continually. He said to the people, make sure the lamp does not go off in the holies of holies. Continue to burn it. It's a continuous, it's a continuous. This is a continuous. It's not, a, it's not something associated to an event. Worship is not an event. Worship is a lifestyle. Somebody hear me. Worship has nothing to do with events. Worship is a lifestyle that displays the glory of God. That through that glory creation worships. Act of worship. But why am I doing that? Because I'm in awe of a grace. Such a grace for me. Eh. The offer and finisher of my faith. The one that said, let there be light. The one that holds the universe in his hands. Decided to die so that I may live. When I understand that, oh. When I understand that level of compassion and grace. I have a response. I have a response. And he said, I'll teach you how to do it. Uh, the Apostle Paul didn't just state it. He didn't just say to us, present yourself. Say how. Because it's in the how that success is. It's not in the telling. <laughs> the success is not in the instruction. The success is in the how to do the instruction. If I say, I instruct you to be sons, and I don't tell you how, I'm creating a crisis in your life. Because you have the appetite to be sons, but you fall short of how. And when you fall short of a how, you find your own ways to be what you are supposed to be, 
Now, the church is in crisis because we tell them many things, but we don't tell them how. Hallelujah. We tell them to be anointed, but we don't tell them how. Oh, we tell them to heal the sick, but we don't tell them the how. Yes. We tell them to live a life that glorifies God, but we don't tell them how. Therefore, they are stuck between the reality of pleasing God and the temptation of the flesh. Because the flesh becomes more relevant because the flesh tells you how. The, the, the flesh has a tendency to tick, tick to you to tell you how to do it. And church people tell you the end result. They don't tell you the process. with me. But, but the apostle Paul didn't do that. Let's go on. I'm going to read and show you what he said. Mm. Somebody say blessing to the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, for I, no, no, where are you? Let's go back. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, because of the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living, holy, acceptable, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not conform. So how do you present your life? First way, do not conform. So he's telling you that there is a pattern in this world. If you want to present your body as a living sacrifice, you have not to conform. What? To the pattern of this world. Or to be conformed to this world. We, we all know the world. Mm -hmm. We know that the world promotes fear, not faith. Hallelujah. We, we know that the world likes to talk about things they can't verify. Hallelujah. They promote rumors. Hallelujah. They, 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 they exalt the abilities of men. And they become the self-centered. The world says, when you are great, people must serve you. Pardon. The world says, respect those who have money. And despise those who don't. The world says, to be healed. Let me not go there. In fact, if you talk about miracles, they think you are crazy. The first thing they ask you, who verified that? Because this is a pattern. Things should make sense in the world before you can believe. Do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world, but be my God, be metamorphosis. It's talking about like a butterfly, a, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. But he need to enter something. There's a period of like a kind of hibernation where the caterpillar will clothe himself with a chef and then, and then after a period of time, it will, it will come out like a butterfly. So you cannot be transformed if you are involved. 
For you to be transformed, you need a time of separation. You need not to, not to be involved with what we are doing. You need not to be involved with the agenda of the world. You, 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 you need to leave Cyril Ramaphosa alone. You, it's not your problem. Hmm? It's not your problem. Your problem is that you trust that he will give you an answer. But the Bible never said that help shall come from Cyril Ramaphosa. He said help shall come from the Lord. And the church is looking unto people instead of looking unto the world. Be transformed. Your answer does not come from politicians. Or your answer, I'm ENC, I'm EFF, I'm red in my, my God. Be that, I have no problem. It's personal choices. But me, I have decided I'm heavenly. (laughs) I don't vote, my God. I will never vote based on what they are telling me. I vote based on what is telling me. Some of you, you vote because they tell you they will give you a t-shirt. You vote. And after two years, you complain. But the t-shirt is worn out now. My God. The church should be a living instrument in God's hand to make a difference in this world. Do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world. Young people, who is your boyfriend? Who is your girlfriend? And if you don't have one, they say, ah, you don't know life. Do not conform. Tap somebody and say, do not conform. Don't do that. You are a man and a woman of faith. You proclaim what you can't see as if you see. You speak realities that the world does not understand. Your realities are not based on the fact of this world. Your reality is based on the word of God. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be metamorphosis by the renewal of your mind. But you will not renew your mind because you want to do so. You renew your mind by the word of God. Meaning you have to learn the ways of the word and make it yours. Therefore, you talk not based on the world you talk, based on God. When the Bible says, when they will say there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting. Look at, look at the opposite. When the world says we are going down, it says you will say we are going My God, it's like day and night. When the world says I can't anymore, we say I can do all things for Christ who gives me the strength. When, when the world says there is war and rumor of war, you say he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. When the world says there is no money in my account, I say Philippians 4, 19, and my God shall supply your need according to his riches in glory. This is a new mindset and a new way of thinking. 
that the way you offer yourself? As in living. Sacrifice. And then he continues. I said, that you may prove. So when you apply your mind to the word of God, you will be able to know naturally the will of God. You will not pray for the will of God. It's birth inwardly. A GPS does not ask for direction. The direction is birth inwards. The will of God is birth in you. You just need to transform your mind by the word. And he said, so you may know. Now, now I say that before. People misunderstand the scripture. They say there are three wills. There is a will that is good. So you can know the good will of God. Or his permissive, acceptable will. Or his perfect will. So they are praying, Lord, I want your perfect will. I don't want your acceptable. I want your good. I want your perfect will. What? A misunderstanding of scripture. What the apostle is saying here is that you will know that the will of God is good. You will know that the will of God is acceptable. And you will know that the will of God is perfect. There are no free wills. No one writes free wills. Have you seen somebody write in free testaments? I write this one. Now, if this one does not work, I write another one. No, it's only one. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Then it says, verse 3, For I say, through a grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oh. How do you offer yourself as a living sacrifice? Humility. Not to think of yourself highly than what you ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Can you, do you know what he's saying here? Don't think, yourself, don't think of yourself outside of the word of God. Think yourself in the word. So you only say what God says about you. Yeah. Your, your protection is the limit, boundaries of the words. When you say, think soberly of yourself, he didn't say, think, I'm poor, I'm broke, I'm nothing, I'm like a dust. <laughs> oh Lord, that's what else he's talking about. He's talking about think the way God thinks about you. That's a humble way. You accept that what God says is true. What God says about me, that's what I, I, that who I am. I'm not less, I'm not more than what God says. If God says I'm blessed, that's that who I am. So even if I don't have, I humble myself, I say I have. Because if I can choose the word of God beyond my realities, then I'm humble. That humility. Humility is to accept the word of God regardless. So if I, don't, if I don't feel it, I accept it. If I don't experience it, I accept it. 
Mm-hmm. There is no, but I'm, no, there is no, I, no. There, God says it. Hallelujah. Think of yourself in the boundaries of the word of God. He has dealt to each one with measure of faith. He's telling you every believer has faith. Some people say, I don't have faith. Then you are not a believer. <laughs> exactly. Then you are not a believer. How do you come to be a believer without faith? How were you born again then? Didn't you believe in the word? That's a measure of faith. So, 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 these are the way you offer yourself. Let's say the last one and then we'll be finished one today. And then I'll continue maybe. Maybe, maybe. For we are, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Mm-hmm. So we, being so many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. How do you think of yourself? You think of yourself in relationship to other people. You are placed in the body. So you need to honor every part of the body. Because if you think of yourself more than other part of the body, you are in trouble. It means that my leg cannot boast that they are more important than my head. Because for my leg to move, my brain needs to kick in. But if a brain kicks in and I don't have leg, I'm going nowhere. So all parts of the body are important and we treasure it. So how do you offer yourself as a living sacrifice? We said it. Number one, do not conform to the pattern. Hallelujah. Number two, think of yourself according to the word. Number three now, think of yourself in comparison to the rest of the body. So you are not a lost element in the universe. You are part of a body. I say you are part of a body. Oh my God, let me say this. You are part of a body. So when you deal with your own thing, know that you are dealing not with you alone, you are dealing with all of us. Because if the, if the toe decides to amputate itself, I will suffer. So, so it means when you are cheating, you are cheating on all of us. Yes. When you are doing that thing, it's all of us. Are you so selfish? To put us in trouble while we have nothing to do with that. You compromise my destiny because you sleep with somebody. What is your problem? People don't see that. They think it's my own thing. We are all one. So think when you are living your life that you are not alone. Woo. Live your life knowing that you are in relationship with other people. That you are part of a body and you don't want the body to suffer because of you. Have that, that stand out of life. I will not be the stumbling block in this body. I will 
my God, I will occupy my position. I, I, I will do what I have to do so that the body may be well. I will not do it. You know, if I give myself to adultery, I'm not the only one that will suffer. This lady will suffer. Divine will suffer. So I need to be mindful of the way I live. When you are doing it, have me in mind. <laughs> that you are hurting me. Know that what you are doing there, you are hurting me. And God has called me for stuff and you become a stumbling block. May God have mercy. Say, may God have mercy. So when you start to live like that, you are living a life of a continuous sacrifice. Because sacrifices are painful, my God. Sacrifices are not joyful at all. Oh, the first time the word sacrifice or worship was mentioned in the Bible was in the book of Genesis 22. And in verse 5, Abraham says, you stay here and me and the boy will go further to worship now. You need to understand that Abraham has to lay Isaac on the altar. But Abraham says, we will come back. He said, I'm going to offer him, but we will come back. How? How do you come back when you have offered him? Abraham was in the mind of his spirits. The Bible said because he knew that God was able to give life to the dead. So Abraham knew that this is not a one-day sacrifice. This is a continuous sacrifice. Oh, this is just the starting point. But from that point on, Isaac is not mine anymore. Isaac is the Lord. So I live my life not holding on to Isaac, but I live my life holding on to the Lord. You know, when you want to live a sacrificial life, you are not worried about comforts, about, about your own comforts. You, you, you know that it's a life that you have to lay down. Jesus, our main example. He was the priest and the sacrifice. So every day he walked in Jerusalem. He walked as priest, but as sacrifice. He knew that there is a culmination or a climax of his presence. When I'm lifted, I'll bring all men unto you. So Jesus carried the cross every day. Although you didn't see it, but he carried it. That's why he was able to tell us, carry your cross. He's not talking about a physical cross like you put in your chest with your white gown and you go around, I have my cross. No, no, no. No, even charismatic have golden cross, chains and I'm carrying. It means nothing. If your heart is not a sacrificial heart, that chain means nothing. Do not let anyone cheat you by a ring or a chain or a picture. It means... Some of you are carrying pictures in your rooms. This one is anointed one. <laughs> Cell phones. 
when the thing is the face of somebody with a beard. Never put the face of your husband. Never put the face of your wife. It's better than all those other faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm teaching good there. Let me tell you something. Christianity is a revelation of God to humankind. And I'm trying to tell you that many things that you have added to Christianity is just a joke. You just need to walk by faith, not by sight. You need to believe and consider that your life is a sacrificial life. Do you know the beauty on what I'm ending with the sacrifice? Is that a sacrifice is not afraid of dying. By the time he was chosen, he was already dead. Have you realized that for those who do, those who did a bit of sacrifice before they come to Christ, that goat or that sheep that you offer, few minutes before you offer, he's still eating. <laughs> okay, let's leave the sacrifice. <laughs> Have you realized that the chicken that was slaughtered, one minute before the slaughter, when the chicken is still eating? Because the chicken does not have any worry that I'm dying. Hallelujah. So when you are a living sacrifice, you're not afraid anymore. Because you know, in any case, the Lord is with me. So what can scare you? Nothing. Not a shadow. Not they put something in my yard. (laughs) Put it back. I did this. My, my, my. Hey. When you see, now if you are not born again, don't do what I'm saying. When you see a muti in your house, praise the name of the Lord. I'm such a threat to the devil that he tried to come to put nonsense in my yard. But the Bible says you shall trample upon snakes. So when I sit, I say, who was so gracious to offer me a carpet? My God. The Lord said, I shall trample upon. Now it's reality, I'm trampling. When you see them, trample. Without fear of any sort or any kind, Without fear. Without fear. What fear? Without fear. You know what happened to me in Burundi? (laughs) That was scary. (laughs) These people are telling us the place is dangerous. There's war at the borders. The rebels. 5 a.m. I come to pray at the lake. Here I walk. Suddenly men are with the AK-7 coming to me like this. You can't run. 
Because you don't know who is this guy. He is a soldier, but you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Because I have a testimony that back in Ivory Coast, somebody appeared and killed everybody at the beach. So my mind started to roll back to Bassam. <laughs> Lord, is that it? And the guy come. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, walk toward him. So he came, I came. <laughs> and when we reached there, he said, hello. I said, hello. There was fear here, but there was faith here. Listen, listen, listen. This, this, this place was full of fear. Say, yeah, you see, you told the people you're coming to beat the devils now. Now here he is. Can you beat this one? But something inside of me says, I cannot die. I shall live and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, in the land of the living, I shall live. I shall live and proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And, and here tells me, but if he shoots, here tells me it will not go off. It will not go on. He will be stuck with a trigger and he will confess that Jesus is Lord. So when I was walking toward him, here was wavy. It's like waves. Here was calm. So I want kabashata, reboshatekasia, imbokashia. My mind keep quiet. You, God has not sent you here to die. He has sent you to preach the gospel. Shut, 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 shut down. So when you want to offer yourself, sometimes fear will come here. It does not mean you are in fear. It's a temptation. You need to understand that temptation can come, but I stand strong. I believe. I believe that God is with me. I, I believe that I will be rescued. I, I have no money in my pocket, but I believe. My mind is telling me, where is your next meal coming? But I believe. Mm, I'm a sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice unto God. Whoa, it tells me this thing is going to kill you, but I say, I shall live. I shall live. My doctor told me there's no cure for this, but I shall live. My mind cannot sleep anymore, but I shall live. Inside of me, I shall live. I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the name of the living. Can we give a big hand to our I shall live. Ooh, I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want you to say, I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Celebrate the Lord for that. I shall live.